Welcome to the Interlocutor Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Nessler, the founder of Interlocutor Magazine, which features in-depth coverage of creators, thinkers, performers, and artists of all types. You can check us out at interlocutorinterviews.com. And if you would like to become a supporter, you can do so via Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash interlocutor underscore magazine, or click on the Patreon link on the site. So today I'd like to introduce our guest, Ryan Sarah Murphy. Ryan Sarah Murphy is a New York City-based artist whose body of work includes sculptures, videos, and drawings, uh, providing a multidimensional deconstruction of the intuitive, creative process as expressed through different mediums and technology. Murphy's sculptures are generated from the random discovery of discarded pieces of cardboard that she finds throughout the streets of New York City. Initially drawn to their materials because of their color, she strips them of identifiable markings such as logos or letterings and cuts and layers the torn pieces into raw, elegant constructions that allude to cross-sections of buildings and overhead maps. <laughs> so once again, thanks for joining us, Ryan. Um, and I want to start out by mentioning that we published an interview with you back in September of 2021, so about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were part of the the Street Life group show at C24 Gallery in Chelsea. Yep. And uh, you just had a solo show with them called Structural Integrity. So congratulations on that. Thanks. Yeah. And so I think I just wanted to start off by kind of doing a, a, a big rewind here and just going back to your, your origins as an artist. Um, because in the interview um, that we had done about a year ago, you'd said – that um, your first time kind of having like a revelation that you wanted to be some kind of artist or something that, that touched a nerve with you is uh, you saw a found plastic installation by, is it Tony Craig? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and how old were you at that time? Oh, gosh, I mean, it must have been, I don't know, maybe nine or ten. Okay. Quite young. Yeah. Um, and so you said that that kind of set it all into motion for you. So. I just find that kind of striking because obviously at that point, you know, you, you were responding to art in a really intuitive way. Um, you know, basically just as a child, just, just, it it just struck a chord in you. And so, um, you had also mentioned that as a kid, you, you'd made little sculptures from household items. (laughs) And, and so, um, you're, you had, you've been doing that. I'm imagining prior to visiting the show, right? Sort of, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think as a kid, always sort of making little things. Sure, and, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, at this show, this Tony Craig show, um, what kind of emotional impact did it have on you? I mean, did seeing the installation, how did it resonate with your own life at the time? And I don't know, in terms of your upbringing, your surroundings, um, what was it about that show in particular that really hit you? Yeah. Well, so it wasn't even a a full show of his work. It was. I I don't know if the 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 installation that he had was maybe just part of like their permanent collection. It just happened to be on display, but it was just one um, piece of his. Um, and I just remember kind of, you know, as a little kid, I think it was at the Boston Museum of Fine Arts. Um, you know, and I, I think I was there with my parents and, you know, kind of bored, you know, just walking around <laughs> yeah. like, you know, paintings, you know, kind of this and that. But I just remember like rounding a corner and suddenly like, you know, just this beautiful like wall installation, these uh, little pieces of like um, uh, plastic just on the wall and just like in this, you know, array of color. Um, and it just struck me like, wow, like what is this? You know, I mean, it was sort of yeah. the first thing, 
you know, I think that that whole day at the museum that I just kind of stopped in my tracks and thought, wow, you know, and it's funny. And I think, I mean, just the color and then just like these little materials and the way they were placed. And right. I think I just remember not ever seeing anything like that as a kid and thinking like, this isn't a museum. Like, uh, yeah. Right. What, what is this? This is art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. wow. And it just sort of, you know, I, I guess, you know, just sort of planted a little seed there that, uh, well, okay, you know, this yeah, art isn't necessarily just these kind of traditional paintings and, yeah. you know, it, it can be, you know, it's much broader than that. Wow. You know. Now, was your family, uh, were they art lover? It sounds like, I mean, you were going to a museum, they appreciated art. Uh, did mean, you often as a kid? Not really. I mean, that was the other thing, too. I mean, we weren't really, you know, that into the arts. Hmm. I mean, it was sort of, you know, we lived sort of close to Boston. I think it was just, you know just happened to go one day, you know, but we certainly weren't really, um, yeah, doing a lot of kind of <laughs> culture stuff, you know. Right, right. Um, yeah, you know, and as far as like, you know, kind of artists in my family, I mean, my grandmother was, um, you know, definitely, you know, involved with like crafts and ceramics and things like that. And, um, but yeah, I mean, aside from that, you know, my parents aren't really, uh, too creatively, you know, uh, driven, you know, in a, in that way. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, kind of watching my grandmother and, and being like in her house, you know, she had like her den, which, you know, kind of had her supplies and, and things like right. that. And I think that was, um, she was definitely an inspiration in there. Yeah. Right. Um, for sure. But, yeah. Well, you had said in the, in, in our first interview that, um, you that you you like used objects um, because new objects have kind of a static feel to them, mm. and um, versus the vitality that you feel in discarded objects or random objects. Mm. And you know, of course, a big part of your practice is scavenging the city for cardboard mm. <laughs> and looking for a specifically colored cardboard that you create into these wonderful sculptures mm. um, that. You know, it blew my mind when I first saw them that they weren't painted because they're mm. so, you know, the, the, the coordination of the colors, you know, it seems like, well, they, and, and also some of the colors are so unusual too. It's like, where, where could you yeah. possibly find them? Um, and so did you, uh, as when you were growing up, did you have a lot of, um, used objects in your house or was it, what kind of, you know, what, did your family like to basically, um, you know, kind of thrift shop more or was it? Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Certainly. I think, um, you know, my, my grandmother and, and my mom, you know, spent a lot of time, you know, in antique shops and, and thrift stores and, um, you know, church basement sales and yard sales, things yeah. like that. Um, yeah. So you kind of got an affinity for these, like the, these objects with the, with the sort of history embedded into yeah. them already. Yeah. And I think sort of like the, the kind of discovery of, you know, sort of little treasures or just things that, you know, you weren't expecting to find. And, oh, look at this. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, I think that kind of serendipitous, you know, kind of moment of discovering some little thing that for whatever reason catches your eye. Um, yeah, that that started young. <laughs> like, <laughs> and little did, little did you know that it was going to become like a career. <laughs> yeah, right. You could really, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of take that impulse and, and go with it, you know. <laughs> So one thing that also really struck me in our interview, um, you had said that when you went to art school as an, uh, as an undergrad, you know, painting was really emphasized 
Um, but the blank canvas was just paralyzing to mm. you, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it, and I have this image of you just, you know, just standing, you know, in front of the blanket <laughs> and, and it's kind of similar, you know, to how writers talk about the, you know, the, 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 the terror of the blank page, you know, sure. and just yeah. kind of staring at you, this void yeah. and, and, um, you didn't really have an entry point. You didn't know, you know, kind of how to start. Yeah. And it sounds like that was a bit of a struggle. Um, and so then how, or, you know, when did you discover that, that using found objects and sculpture pieces was really your thing that was, that was going to be your official kind of entry point mm-hmm. and, and, you know, uh, and also that it could be a sanctioned way to make art. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely in, in school when I, when it finally dawned on me, like, okay, you know what, you're not a painter, you know, uh, look to your roots. You're always making little objects and, and, and things like you're, you're a sculptor, you know? Um, and so when I finally switched over to the, um, to concentrate on sculpture, um, in like my, I guess my third and fourth year at, um, school of visual arts, um, yeah, it just sort of instinctually was like, okay, I need materials to work. I gotta start making some stuff here. And, and so I just looked to the streets, you know, and so I'd be like, you know, yeah. kind of dragging in, you know, just again, just sort of throwaway kind of objects, materials that for whatever reason caught my eye um, and would just sort of fill up my studio with them and and start kind of working, you know. Right. And because yeah. you would say that like a, official like art materials kind of turned you off, too. And I think that kind of ties into, you don't, you know, how you feel about brand new objects, too. Yeah. In, in some capacity. Yeah. You want them to kind of have the, the, the weird embedded energy of wherever they were before these, these objects. Completely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, I guess, you know, in terms of like kind of staring at like a blank canvas, it's like, okay, I, I need to have an idea and I need to, <laughs> I'm going to paint X, Y, and Z. Here we go. You know? Right. Um, and like, I just don't, I just don't think of, um, you know, how I approach art in that way. Like it's, it's sort of like I'll, my process is just let the material sort of guide, uh, guide the process and see where it takes me, you know? So I kind right. of, often I, you know, I arrive at the idea at the end, you know? Um, so it's always a sort of like discovery process, you know? So once a piece is completed, then I realize like, oh, okay, this is, <laughs> this thing is here to show me something, you know? It's, wow. it's not really me like, making the thing to say something it's it's kind of right. the reverse in a way yeah does that make sense like, yeah yeah well it's kind of like you know how um artists of all kinds talk about like they're a, a channel for something you know that kind of sounds a little you know metaphysical maybe yeah. but but it's um, true yeah yeah <laughs> like, or you know you'll hear a writer will say something like well i you know i'm i'm just the the vessel you know yeah the conduit um and so yeah you 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 really had kind of an instinctual feel for that and you, you're picking out these objects but then um you sort of let them take their own form in the studio yeah. And it sounds like it's really hard to predict probably how long that can take <laughs> or. Yeah, for sure. And I'd imagine you probably already always have like multiple pieces going, going on at once. I usually do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> you know, sometimes like, yeah, peaceful kind of, you know, sit on the wall kind of half done and it just, you know, for whatever reason, you know, my attention just isn't there. And so I'll kind of work on other things and then naturally sort of gravitate back towards it, you know. Um, yeah, it's definitely a sort of like an ebb and flow of 
what I'm kind of working on in the studio. But yeah, the things sometimes they, yeah, they just take time and, um, you know. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I gotta ask, like, is, is there any times when like there, you, you've, you've put like one particular piece of cardboard or whatever material you're working with, uh, into a piece and then, you feel like it kind of wants to be in another piece. <laughs> you take it and move it over. I mean, sometimes, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> sort of like I don't want to be in this piece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll finish something and think, okay, there we go. And then, you know, then the thinking is, you know, I always know like, you know, a piece might feel finished and okay, that's resolved. Here we are. There we go. Yeah. Um, but then for whatever reason, like there's sometimes like there's just this little intuitive thing of like, eh, maybe not. And then suddenly that piece can be cut in half and split into two new things. And, you know, so sometimes you know, the work itself, you know, um, gets recycled and kind of repurposed and right. kind of changed. So, yeah, yeah, sometimes it just, yeah. It, now, I can imagine it must be sometimes a struggle to know when something is done or you just or you do you just know it's just so intuitive with you you just kind of know I just know i mean i I mean I guess you know just kind of working away in the studio for as long as I have it's yeah, it's just one of those things you just you sense it, and usually it's like you know a piece isn't finished when there's just some little part of it or just some feeling that's like yeah not a hundred percent there. Right. Um, you know, and it could be the tiniest little mark or whatever, but, um, yeah, usually when they're finished, you know, you know, <laughs> it's so to me, it's so incredibly subjective. I, I feel like I, I know some artists that would that, that kind of approach would drive them crazy. You know, it'd be like, I need somebody to tell me this is done or I need, you know, so you, but, yeah. but you don't really, it's all kind of interior with you. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a couple like artist friends who, who have that problem where it's like, yeah, they don't know when the painting is finished and it's it's this you know i mean then that just sounds awful to <laughs> to kind of be stuck in that limbo of like ah you know um or they feel like yeah. it's never done even even if it's hanging in a, in a yeah museum. yeah <laughs> like oh what a thing you know but, yeah. yeah well so then when you were in school and you discovered sculpture was your path um uh and you were and and you knew that uh found objects was going to be the way that you were going to construct mm-hmm. these pieces um did you have a, any particular mentor who sort of like guided you in the sense of like, okay, this is okay to sort of uh, think entirely intuitively in how you approach this? Uh, is it, you know just because it sounds like you took a very independent uh, approach from the beginning? Yeah, I mean, I remember um, <clears throat> you know Ling- Linda Banglis was one of my instructors like my last year, um, and I remember her just being really interesting. Like you know we. Like our instructors, you do like little kind of studio visits, you know, throughout the semesters or whatever. And um, and I just remember her, yeah, just having a lot of, you know, kind of insightful um, guidance, you know. And, I mean, the whole time, you know, especially making work early on in school and using just kind of everyday found stuff. Like I always felt like I was doing it wrong, you know, <laughs> because like, right. you know, most everyone else would have like their set material that they, you know, buy at the, you know, uh, pearl paint or whatever, you know, like yeah. it always seemed like everyone was more official and what they were making. And I just thought, Oh God, I'm just kind of playing with garbage <laughs> or what is this, you know? Um, but whatever, I couldn't do it any other way, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was she was helpful in just saying, like, you know, that's just okay. just go with it, yeah. yeah and like yeah. if that's you know your instinct there, then <sighs> don't worry, you know. 
Um, well, especially uh, you know when you're an art student, you know you 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 you're, you you know because you're you're learning so much about other artists and your influence. You're you know you're you're sort of a blank canvas yourself, you know, yeah, yeah basically yeah, because you're yeah. absorbing and also a lot of theory and all kinds of stuff that can influence your work. And so, yeah, I think it's really cool that you um, you know kind of from the get go. Uh, I mean, you, you you know you did you did get some guidance and assurance, but you know you just felt okay about doing that because I'm sure. Um, you, you felt kind of uh, some sort of pressure to, you know, I should do sculptures like this particular person or, you know, you yeah, know. yeah. Right. But you still didn't give in. I, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> did you get any pushback from, from other, uh, instructors or students on that or? Um, I mean, not that I really recall, you know, I mean, I feel like. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I always hear these, like, you know, obviously you talk to artists and there's, there's always these kind of somewhat tortured stories about art school, you know, and, and the pressures that people are under and, yeah. you know, to conform to whatever is trendy at the time and things yeah. like that. But it sounds like you had a pretty, it's a pretty open environment. I think it was okay. And I feel like too, you know, I feel like maybe at the time too, when I was in school, like, you know, I think a lot of, it seemed maybe there were like, you know, kind of more artists working with kind of like recycled materials and, and things like that. Like, it, right. I don't think it was such a, you know, too far out there to consider, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess so. So, yeah. But yeah, no, I don't remember too much, you know, uh, pushback, you know? That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It, it also might really be dependent on the particular program that you're into, yeah. you know, depending on how formal it is or theoretical or things, any things like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, just going back to kind of your, your, your working with no plan, the pieces taking shape as you're working on them. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. What a, pl so a plan would, would basically kind of ruin the excitement of, of, of discovery for you. You couldn't go out and just, you know, and I because I'm a writer and forgive me, I'm going to keep going back to writer analogies <laughs> with that because, you know, there's, there's, there's some writers like, for instance, with like a novel, they'll outline the entire book, you know, it's like 35 page outline mm. and everything is set before they sit down to write, Wow, you know? <laughs> and, and to me, I, I can't work like that mm. as a writer. Um, cause I also write fiction and, uh, that would kill, the you know the um the desire to actually write the book <laughs> if i yeah. if i had worked it all out you know yeah. but some some you know writers have to work that way and they have to have an outline mm -hmm. um but uh that would totally ruin it for me so i i i i kind of yeah get what you're saying yeah, yeah if you, you 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 couldn't just schematically like work out this is how i'm going to put the, these pieces together and yeah, yeah. it just it, it's funny it, yeah it <laughs> the just pieces it, might almost rebel if i back yeah i mean <laughs> I think for me, it's like, like the process of making is why I'm an artist. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, ultimately, I suppose it's like self-serving at the start, you know, because it's for me, like working in my studio, kind of figuring things out, just having a day of just kind of being in the flow and not, you know, overanalyzing or, or, you know, judging what I'm doing or, you know, just, just. It's making. kind of meditative in a way. Yeah, completely. You're going into like a, an almost yeah. meditative state. For know? sure. Yeah. yeah. And That's when nice. that when the flow is good, it's great. You know, you leave yeah. the studio at the end of the day and you just feel amazing. <laughs> you know, when it's kind of off, it's like you know a little frustrating. Sure, but sure. Um, yeah, but for me, it's just about like the kind of being in that moment of kind of making something and seeing where it's taking you. Um, 
Yeah. And then a part of that whole process is your foraging too, not just in the studio, mm, right? Because it sure. sounds like you spend um, a fair amount of time in the city kind of urban foraging for materials and especially cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how much time do you generally spend doing that? Is it a, is it a daily thing or you know, a few I mean, times a week or – you know, it's and and that's it's not even really like a a, a conscious. I'm going out now to search for materials. It's <laughs> you know, and that's kind of the nice thing about cardboard. It's it's literally like everywhere. You yeah. know, so I mean, in the city, you just you know you can't help but you know come across it. So you know, I'll just be you know commuting to work or you know headed to the subway or what have you, and you know you could just you know if my eye you know something catches my eye and i can <laughs> happen to like scoop it up and go then there you go <laughs> there you go um but yeah it's yeah, uh it's almost a subconscious thing you're not uh, completely yeah, yeah. you know because i had i had this idea in my mind that you had like a like a set time that you went out you know and <laughs> and you know foraged <laughs> yeah it's funny you know i mean there are days i mean of course like you know the uh uh like the recyclable uh, pickup days, you oh, know, yeah, so, right. you know, you've got like your liquor stores and what have you, you know, putting out their, you know, flat yeah. cardboard boxes on, you know, Thursday you, nights yeah. or whatever it is. And so, you know, you're going to score a little better if you, <laughs> if you kind of go so out on those days. A little bit of a strategy. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You definitely, yeah. You notice when it's a little more out there on the streets, but. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, you, you had mentioned liquor, like liquor stores and flower shops too, often have the best boxes yeah. or like, uh, you you find, uh, I, I guess, more unusual colors. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, you, you know, those are kind of the hot spots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you, so, you've called your work a, a subconscious examination of space. And, we're, you know, and we're talking about, you know, you, you, this is kind of what you're doing. You're out there just in your daily life subconsciously examining the space around you already mm-hmm. and then expressing it, kind of channeling that into your work. Um, and then a lot of your work is, is very suggestive of, of urban terrains. Mm. Um, you know, I would say like fragments of machinery or, or architecture. Mm. And, uh, you know, that must be, um, you know, a, a reflection of, of your, your urban life as well, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would, would it be safe to say that if you, if you lived in a more a rural setting, you would be you know, obviously you wouldn't have as much access to cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Would you be for you know? Would you still or have you ever even tried that? Have you have you had any residency in a in a more rural area that's kind of changed your work or? Yeah, well, so I've um, you know I had a residency uh, back in 2016 at I Park, um, which is in Connecticut. Um, okay. Super rural. I mean, beautiful. You know, kind of bucolic. You know, setting completely away from any kind of city convenience or anything. Um, you know, and then just last summer I did a residency in, um, in Vermont. Um, so again, both, you know, kind of rural landscape and, um, yeah. And I mean, what I found was, you know, kind of going into both those residencies, like you have your little studio space. So I would kind of, you know, initially sort of work in the same style and same modes that, I work on, you know, normally, and then like as the month progress, kind of see, you know, taking in from my environment a little bit more and kind of seeing, you know, what kind of comes from that. Um, But then I found like it wasn't until sort of leaving those residencies that kind of new work would come, you know, so sort of just living and experiencing, um, you know, an environment outside the city um, and just kind of absorbing that, um, 
and then yeah interesting to see you know the kind of changes in work and um yeah so def- i mean environment is certainly you know it's in the mix you know <laughs> it kind of sounds like it kind of had to percolate for a little while before it came out in your work yeah it's interesting you didn't immediately start doing like you know land-based art or anything like when you were in a rural area yeah not as much yeah Yeah. or you know when i you know more kind of like experimenting a little bit but then realizing like i you know having like a little space between you know being um in those environments to kind of see what kind of comes out of it um yeah but certainly i mean i think the the bulk of my um kind of professional career as an artist has taken all place in, in the city. So um, it's definitely, um, it's a big, yeah, big influence yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, because, uh, you, you had said that you emphasize the, the ever shifting setting of urban life, you know, like you, you had mentioned, you know, often, and it can be kind of like jarring, like when, when a when like scaffolding that you're really used to on a particular block yeah. that's been, you know, and, and you know, there, a lot has been written about, you know, just scaffolding in New York and, you know, mm. and how some of it is just basically permanent, yep. you know, <laughs> and, and, and when, you know, um, some prominent scaffolding has been up like that you've been walking under for you know, maybe years and it suddenly disappears. It's, it's, it's a real, you know, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, the, the light is different. Every, the whole, the whole block looks different. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, how, how do you try to reflect that kind of like that, that shifty nature, uh, urban, you know, landscape in your work? Um, I mean, I think it's sort of, it comes out in, in the sort of forms that I end up arriving at. I feel like there's always a sort of, um, a kind of a shift between like a, a structure that makes sense and then a, a kind of, abstraction or an organic side to it that kind of confuses things maybe. Um, so there's always this, this kind of in between state of, um, you know, something that looks like it's, um, on its way to being constructed and demolished at the same time. Interesting. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And you can see that in your work There, 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 yeah, there's not, I don't know if unfinished is, is the the right phrase, but, but but there, there, yeah, it works. Yeah. It's, Yeah, it's definitely it's this sort of. Um, it's either being constructed or, or you know, torn or down and constructed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you had mentioned in, in that process, you're seeking kind of a kind of balance or equilibrium. Yeah, yeah, and that's which never ends in the city, right? <laughs> well, that's a, yeah, always moving for sure. Um, yeah, and it's funny, like you know, like we were talking about before, like you know, when do you realize that a piece is complete or finished? And and it is sort of a funny thing with you know you know these pieces in particular like you know because to look at it you know unless you're me like how do you know like (laughs) yeah is this a completed (laughs) thing or you know is this intentional is this you know um but yeah it is just i know like when a certain balance is reached like within a um an individual piece like uh you know when it works and you know it's holding its structure it makes sense in a certain way, but it is this funny balance where like when abstraction gets involved, it's, you know, kind of pulls it into some other kind of understanding, you know? <laughs> um, Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, when I, when I was reading 
you know, about your work and, and, and also, you know, similar work. And then I stumbled on, you know, architectural theories. And of course, you know, there's Rem Coolhouse, right? And I don't mm. know if you've read much of, of, of his essays or anything by him, but, uh, you know, he, 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 he's a kind of interesting, like architectural urban theorist, right? Mm. And, and he wrote this book called Delirious New York. Uh, which was published in the late seventies, I believe. And it emphasizes the, the chance like nature of city life. Mm. Um, and, and he's got this great quote. Um, the city is an addictive machine from which there is no escape. Oh God. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause it never ends, right? You know, it's always yeah. shifting. And, and wow. if you're somebody who's hyper observant, you know, like, like you, like you are and, and you're walking around and you're subconsciously absorbing all this, mm. I guess you're, you're, you're always kind of seeking some kind of like that equilibrium from the constant shifting nature, but it never really ends. Sure. Yeah. And I think, yeah, a big part of it too is like, how much can you like block out to get through your day in the city too, you know? Yeah. That is a huge part of just urban life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just to get from A to B, you know, uh, that can be challenging. So it's sort of like choosing what to kind of pay attention to, you know? Um, yeah. And then you get to, yeah. And you get to a point where everybody really, um, any, 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 city dweller kind of, you know, learns to do that subconsciously, hmm. just, you know, Gotta, yeah. filter out all, you know, not, not just like, um, you know, hassles with uh, different, you know, shifting, you know, construction and things like that, but just all the kinds of disturbing soci- sociological things that you see, For you know, sure. all yep. around you. And, and okay. unfortunately, you know, uh, we can get a, we can get a little, um, hardened to some of that, you know, mm. because we're you just, you have to find a way to cope. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah, that, that's, an, but all of that is kind of an all wrapped up in your work. And it's like, you're sort of working on a solution. You're going to find a, you're not really looking for a solution. You're not trying to solve anything necessarily. Yeah. Not, but not directly. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a drive of like, you know, they're um, going to find the balance of the equi- equilibrium, but you're kind of seeking it. And, and that's yeah. kind of like the, the, the process itself is sort of the expression in the work. Right. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, your, your, your cardboard pieces are great. Um, you, you had mentioned, uh, I don't think I brought this up yet. Pinks and yellows are kind of premium, right? A little harder to come by. They're really hard to come by. Really to come by yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but you definitely have a lot. I mean, I've seen, you know, at least two or three pieces with very vi- vibrant pinks mm. and yellows. And I'm like, it's amazing. That you're able to find that. And then, and then of course, you know, I just can't even imagine the amount of work that goes into kind of tearing, you know, you get to tear off the print, you know, you got to find the right color. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there are some, oh, like kind of more, you know, OCD people who would just say, yeah, you know, probably it's making them uncomfortable just to even hear. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, you've, you've, you've become like this, like this almost Zen master of this <laughs> in a way, like you found a way to, to, to like, uh, you know, constantly work with these shifting realities and, you know, these changes mm-hmm. and, but, but, you know, that, and just absorb it into your work. That's always evolving. So, nice. yeah. Um, I wanted to go into not just, you know, cause when I first saw your work, it, I believe it was, it was all of the, the cardboard pieces. 
Um, and then, uh, I, I got to see a much wider variety of your work in your, your, your structural integrity show. Mm, yeah. Uh, and so the videos I wanted to talk to you about because the videos that you do, uh, are fascinating to me. Um, uh, they're described as you were, they're generated through multiple digital interventions on random images and movements, which sounds so, yeah. well, it's like very, very sci-fi almost, or they're, they've been, they've been, um, compared to animated paintings. Nice. <laughs> um, so, well, first of all, like, uh, Digital interventions. I don't know if you, if that's your phrase or if that was a gallery's phrase, but that, that's, I, I wanted to ask you about that phrase in particular yeah. and what that means to you. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's from the gallery, but yeah, that, <laughs> that works, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I think so, you know, my kind of process with, um, the video work, it's similar really to, you know, all the other modes that I work in, in terms of, um, basically sort of finding imagery, um, and, and using that as like a starting point. So again, if I'm kind of out and about, of course I have my phone on me. Um, and it's, you know, the, the sort of starting points of most of the videos that I make are just kind of simple observations that I happen upon while I'm out and about. Um, and, and kind of just paying attention to like, sort of little mundane moments, you know, that you happen to catch as you're, you know, walking down the street, like a flashing streetlight or, um, you know, if you're in the park, you know, the, the kind of water on the lake moving, you know, right, just, right. you know, whatever, you know, things that sort of catch my eye again that, you know, just sort of say, okay, pause a minute, pay attention to this yeah. just and just record, you know, don't ask too many questions beyond that. Just, just okay. record the moment. Um, Cause I was wondering if you, yeah, I, you know, because a lot of these videos are the, the, or the clips and the stills that I've seen, they're very abstract. So it's hard to tell, uh, you know, how they were generated. And I was wondering yeah. if you were somehow just from the get go digitally generating these images, but, but it sounds like you're, you're shooting most of them in them. Yeah, no, they all alternate. start, they all start with like a kind of reality based, you know, moment out on the street. Uh, or, yeah. you know, uh, so lights and texture surfaces, yeah, anything wind blowing, you know, yeah. basically kind of often it's sort of, um, you know, capturing interesting light or, or just like an in interesting sort of undulating movement that, you know, again, is quite simple and, you know, mundane, but for whatever reason, it's, it's caught my attention. So, okay, just pay attention. <laughs> right. Um, and so then I'll take that, um, those clips and, um, and sort of work on them as if they're a collage in a way. Um, so sometimes I'll take, you know, a single clip and I'll kind of duplicate it and um, kind of loop it and, and uh, screenshot, you know, a, that and then take that and, and duplicate it again and <laughs> flip it around. And so sort of working with like these screens as, you know, as like a collage, like right. on my laptop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then from there adding even more sort of, editing so kind of then playing with the color and the speed and um you know, sharpness of lines and and just seeing like how far you can get from like the the initial clip you know to where it's <laughs> you know you don't even know some oftentimes i'm like i don't even know where i started with this thing you know and like you just end up in this purely kind of abstract kind of space you know fascinating um, yeah yeah so that that it, it Weirdly enough, that's kind of like tapping into your subconscious in a way because you, you initially, your, your brain, you know, or your, you know, your, 
visual cortex, or whatever it's called, you know, is process these images. And then through this, this long, um, sort of, you know, uh, intuitive system that you have, you've taken these images that were initially recognizable as something mm-hmm. probably, mm-hmm. and, and then turn them into these very abstract pieces that mm-hmm. sound like they kind of speak to you in the same way that the, the three dimensional, like the, you know, the, the cardboard pieces do in, in the sense of yeah. when you know they're, they're done quote unquote. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, it's a really similar process, <clears throat> like in terms of just kind of, um, you know, being at my computer and just sort of, you know, emptying your mind and just letting, you know, the, you know, the editing tools kind of do their thing. Like I kind of think of it as like a collaboration with, you know, the, the software or whatever, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's kind of like I'm bringing something to it and then it's like, Oh, you know, these dials, if I turn them this way and that way, like, Oh, wow. Look at this color. Oh, if I invert this, wow, look at that. You oh, know, yeah. so yeah, the, the sort of software can, you know, kind of pull you into, you know, new directions that, uh, yeah, you just kind of follow. And have you just 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 popped in, into my head? But have you ever thought of working with any kind of AI, like something that is actually directly interacting with you? I haven't yet. I'm not <laughs> quite as techy as uh, <laughs> you know. As maybe I'll you know become you know the more I kind of explore this. But uh, yeah, no, not or yet. It might, no. it might be an inevitable in one way or the other as AI kind of well, like infiltrates our lives. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely artists who are working <clears throat> with AI in interesting ways, you know, kind mm-hmm. of communicating. I mean, going way back, I interviewed a, a jazz pianist named Dan Tepfer, who mm-hmm. is also a computer programmer. Oh. And uh, he developed his own AI algorithmic program that he can jam with. Nice. And he recorded a whole jazz piano album. Where he's just playing with this AI that was responding to him and he was responding to it. And it was this feedback and, uh, you know, really, really out there. But, um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and then he did a whole performance of it. Um, uh, um, and he, it also generated imagery based Mm -hmm. on music theory. I mean, I, off the top of my head, I, I I can't really do it justice in terms of trying to explain it, but, Mm -hmm. but it was fascinating. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of potential, yeah. <laughs> even just visually with what you could do. And now, with the videos, um, are they are they generally silent? Do you have any any sound with them? No, or are they all silent? They're all silent right now. Yeah, <clears throat> um, yeah. It's funny. I've had that question a few times. Like, oh, why don't you know? Where's the audio? Or you the know, sound you would be a whole other. It is, yeah, kind of beast to deal with for sure. You know, and it's yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I just feel like right now, like yeah, like they just. They don't sound like anything to me, you know, like it's, they're purely just visual yeah. right now. So, um, yeah, but, but I mean, it's definitely, yeah, it's a, an interesting, that's a whole other beast, you know, but you could, uh, you could even team up, you know, you know, there's all kinds of these, uh, uh, you know, musicians who experiment with sound design mm, yeah. or, you know, like a uh, field recording type stuff. Mm, yeah. I think that could be an interesting collaboration. For um, sure. yeah. I don't know if you've ever thought of that, but. Um, well, so you know, speaking of collaboration, have, have you, what, have you done any collaborative work? Not really. Any like collaborative projects or is it, cause it sounds like the nature of your work is so subconscious and so interior that, that, that would be, you'd yeah. be inter- introducing a whole other kind of perception if you did that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I really haven't done, um, I'm trying to think, yeah, I haven't really done any real kind of collaborating. Most of my yeah, my studio work is very much like 
me in a room for hours by myself and perfectly content that way. Somehow you're you're sane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, weirdly enough. Um, As far as we know. (laughs) What is is sane? I mean, yeah, it's funny when you – a lot of contemporary art, I'm like, this is so – like it's it's funny how it's you know it's sanctioned it's in a gallery this is this is official art but it's sure. like this is like yeah but it's yeah. But it's kind of play too which is fun sure you know yeah. so I like that combination of it being official but it's also somebody just kind of playing with materials mm. yes um so yeah the video yeah the videos are great um so digital interventions <laughs> I feel yeah. like that could be the name if you ever do like any kind of collab- like sound collaboration with somebody maybe. You, be the album title yeah it's, i was gonna say that's a great <laughs> digital <album> interventions <laughs> <laughs> um the other thing i wanted to ask you about is your drawings because mm-hmm. they um this is fascinating to me because i i've read that they begin as tracings of stills from your videos yeah, yeah. so it doesn't sound like you just do drawings they, they they primarily come from your videos yeah like the um pretty much all the the works on paper that were in um, the solo show um, from the series that I called screen iterations. And yeah, basically they're um, just drawings based on stills of videos that I've done. So again, it's sort of um, sort of in a way like kind of finding the image um, and starting there um, as opposed to like having your blank piece of paper and, you know, kind of starting fresh. It's, it's sort of, yeah, finding the imagery to, as like you're in, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and, and also, um, the ones that really drew my eye in the gallery, uh, are, are these map-like images that you have, like the, the, the landing site, the one and two, mm, you know? Yeah. Um, they really look like, like maps of some strange landscape, you know, like con- yeah. there's continents and then like lots of little islands and lakes and, and, and I really thought that, and I, I think when at the opening of the show I asked you, are you know, is this like a map of an imaginary world that you you know, <laughs> con- you know, are you trying to like kind of do some sort of cartography art, you know, right, in a way? Right. Um, but no, it sounds like it was just sort of accidental. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> those, yeah, those drawings are actually so the the <clears throat> video that those are derived from. Um, the very kind of uh, the original clip of the video was just a um, a pot of like boiling potatoes on my stove. <laughs> uh, so I, I had like a five minute long video of just you know the you know from a slow boil to like a yeah. You know, <laughs> and for whatever reason, it just as I was cooking that evening, you know, it just kind of caught my eye. So I just filmed, you know, as you know, uh, this pot was kind of boiling over. Um, so then that video obviously was kind of edited and, and reworked and, you know, all sorts of things added to it to where it got to a point where, um, yeah, the, the kind of boiling and it just, it, it suddenly kind of looked very map like, you know, um, wow. Yeah. That, <laughs> it, it, I love, I love don't that know how I got there, but yeah. trajectory from boiling water to, to that. And, and well, and that, that's obviously where all the little like bubble, like, I mean, cause it looks like a map of like, you know, like, like, like Minnesota or something with all the lakes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, from what I've seen, uh, you know, just on, on Google maps. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I love how, you know, yeah, something super organic like boiling water can then, you know, in, in our mind, 
we're looking, or at least I looked at it as, you know, very, very map like, yeah, and it just kind yeah. of turned out that way. Mm. Um, and I, 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 that can't be the first time that people have, have said that to you about, about those in particular. Oh no. Yeah, no, definitely. I think you know, they must always be like, what's on a map? Of? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. I feel like with a lot of like the video work in particular, it's no matter what the starting point is often like, you know, the, the kind of completed video again, sort of relates to a sort of like mapping or, um, some kind of like landscape based structural something or other, you know, it always, you know, things tend to kind of lean in that direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. It's kind of like, you know, I often sort of look at like the different types of work that I make, um, the pieces themselves acting as maps, you know. And so when that sort of dawned on me, I was like, hmm, you know, I'd have like a, you know, a completed series of, you know, works on paper, you know, the reliefs. Um, And when I started thinking thinking of them as more like maps, like, okay, maybe this finished piece then is a starting point for like a, a new trajectory or, you know, to yeah. kind of explore even further. So like using completed, uh, bodies of work as in a way, like as the, the found image to, you know, have as like your entry point into a next thing, <sighs> another iteration. Um, so it's, yeah, a lot of layering going on, <laughs> like all throughout, you know, the, the studio. Yeah. Yeah. yeah basically. <laughs> Yeah, and it and it almost kind of goes on to infinity in a way. It's like you know, two mirrors facing each other, kind of going off into infinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, yeah. But I feel <laughs> like I I kind of you know, I sort of in whatever mode that I'm working in, like I'll always, um, you know, sort of have set up sort of like parameters in which to work or or certain like limitations, you know. So like with the the cardboard pieces. Um, you know, like cutting away any identifying markers or anything like that. Like that's one thing. Um, never painting the pieces. That's another thing, you know, cause if I allowed myself to paint them, oh, then that's infinite. Like where do you start? You know, how do you, you know, it could be anything, but if I'm limiting, um, the process to just the color that I find and making a piece within that range. Okay. Then the okay. thing can yeah. then grow and become what it is within you know, those parameters. Um, that's, yeah, no, that, <laughs> that's yeah. fascinating. Cause yeah, no, though this, this whole time I've been wondering where are the parameters? Where does this mm. ever end? You know, cause it feels like you could just keep going and going and going, you know, but, yeah. but yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. And especially that, that, that is a, that is an interesting, um, kind of approach with, uh, you know, having to, having to work with the specific colors that you find rather than making the colors and then using that as a parameter. Yeah. 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 I can see how that can kind of like rain, rain it in, in, in some way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then within that, it could be limitless, you know? Right. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we, and so we were talking about the, the, the landing site, uh, pieces, which are very map like, but then there's the more geometric abstract, um, like the escalator series, I feel like mm. very, very geometric. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, uh, I, I will gonna, I'm going to be putting up a page on, on the site accompanying the, 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 this interview, this podcast interview okay. with examples for people to look at too. So they have seen you know, so, mm. like, <laughs> so don't worry if you've never seen this work. <laughs> Because I can imagine it would be pretty hard to visualize a lot of this unless you can actually kind of get – at least get an idea of what we're talking about. So I'll put up examples of everything that we're talking about. Um, 
And then I wanted to get also quickly get into the photos that you've done, which mm-hmm. I don't, unless I miss them, I don't think that they were in the show. No, they weren't. Yeah. You have this photo series that I saw on your, on your website called Passengers, mm, yeah. which, which is really different in a lot of, it, you know, in terms of it's, it's pure, it is figurative, you know, you're, mm-hmm. so what it is, is it's, it, it's, it's the backs of people's heads. Yeah. It looks like on mostly buses. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what is it? 194 right now? I that's, think so. I think that's where eight, the count is. Yeah. You put 109, 194 parts, as you call them, yeah. ongoing. So this is, this is another thing that you do. <laughs> You must ride the bus a lot. And, I do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just snapping the back of pe- people's heads. Um, yeah. And, and uh, well, so what was the inspiration for that? You know, it's funny. <laughs> I know. It also sounds weird, but it's, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it was, I think I was just riding the bus one day and, like, this woman sat down in front of me and, like, I, just the shape of the back of her head just was interesting to me. And so I just kind of snapped a quick photo. Um, and then... <sighs> Yeah, I honestly, I don't, you know, know how or why necessarily I kept at that, but I kind of realized like there was just something interesting about um, sort of thinking of, you know, this is a portrait series, like, you know, someone sitting for a photograph unknowingly, you know, um, (laughs) and just sort of the strangeness of, you know, kind of being behind someone, you know, Oftentimes I've never seen their faces. Like, you know, it's purely just an understanding of them. And I, I don't know. I just thought there's something interesting about somebody just thinking, you know, like all I can see of them is, you know, <laughs> the back of their head. So they're just kind of either looking out the window a bit or just looking forward yeah. and have no conscious understanding of me thinking about them. You know, they're kind of in their world, but yeah. kind of capturing like this person. Um, you know, in their day, um, <laughs> in in a in a in a like a not obtrusive way either. You know, I and mean, that's the thing. It's like you you can you can be very discreet about observing somebody from the you know, yeah, and yeah. also photographing them, and you know, yeah. And, and there's it's a strange like little <laughs> weird kind of element of like voyeurism, I suppose. But it's I kind of look at it as like you know I'm just having like a, a moment thinking about this person that I'm. I don't know. I won't know them in two seconds. They'll be off the bus or I will be. And, and that was that. But yeah, yeah. It looks like it's the, they're almost in, do you usually sit in the same seat. It looks like they're almost always in the same so, kind of con- configuration usually, or the same seating. I try to sit like on like the single rows, <laughs> the okay. bus, you know, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> um, ideally they're right in front of me. Sometimes like two seats ahead, you know, can still work, but yeah, and then the key is just kind of trying to frame them so it it is just you know a portrait of them, you know, of right, the right. individual. Um, and and this was just a kind of a random. This doesn't have a precedent, as far as you know, like a back of you know back of people's heads photo series. I'm, yeah, yeah, no, it just, just again kind of happened organically, and yeah, now whenever yeah. I'm on the bus and like the moment you know kind of happens, um, yeah, it's it's sort of just a nice kind of. Um, collection you know uh yeah you know yeah, you sure. just kind of happen to um sort of have this kind of little interaction with somebody you know that's just quiet and right very fleeting and uh, yeah yeah it, it's definitely a unique form of uh you know street photography in a way if you want mm, i guess it could, yeah, it could be yeah. called street photography um yeah. even though it's not on the street it's on the yeah. you know it's on a bus um 
but then yeah and you can do it so anonymously and you know these people are never going to know that <laughs> yeah you know it's you because know, i think there's always this issue with street with with street uh or you know documentary photography of like you know the consent of the people who are photographed and things like that but you, yeah. you don't have to even worry about that really but. yeah i mean i always feel <laughs> weird like kind of yeah taking kind of more traditional photos of people like it feels like you know obtrusive or you know like yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm in someone's space and you know it's yeah kind of strange you know that interaction when it's you know obvious or like apparent but you know on the bus it's yeah it's just like a, a simple little moment of someone on their way oh, yeah, go, yeah you know uh, and then just the variety of people too in the city i mean sometimes right. like someone will just have like this fantastic hat or you know just you know <laughs> just yeah you just never know who's gonna oh yeah you're yeah. gonna be sitting with so. <laughs> Um, have you shown these anywhere? I haven't. No. Okay. Yeah. They pretty much, they kind of just exist on my website right now. Um, yeah. Just kind of. Been, Maybe someday. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah there's certainly. <laughs> I think, I think they'd be very striking to see like, you know, if they were, if they were a small scale, you know, all grouped together. Yeah. Know, like on one wall or something. That yeah. Be, yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, very... it's nice to, I mean, at least on my website, you know, I couldn't, I kind of have them laid out like in a grid. Um, and there's something nice about just sort of that, you know, it ties into the, the geometric grid kind of approach with a lot of your work anyways. Yeah. yeah. Like thinking of like how they would be presented would be that, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause it also fits, you know, in, the, in that group show that you were in, uh, uh, C24 street life, right. Mm. It kind of, you know, thematically that would fit into, you know, street life or street photography and depictions. Sure. And it overall fits into the, you know, the kind of urban commentary that you're doing, mm. yeah. you know, architecturally, but then you found a way to incorporate, um, you know, act the actual like denizens of the city into, into, mm. into your work in a way that still is kind of abstract. It's interesting. Uh, sort of. Yeah. Again, cause yeah, yeah. you don't really, yeah. you, you never see any faces and so there's a distance comes there. to the an anonymity of, of the city as well for I sure yeah. exactly yeah um so yeah that said i just wanted to close out on um i i did see that you're you're in a group show right now I am, at yeah. uh undercroft gallery yeah it's so <clears throat> um so there's this kind of great exhibition space um, on the lower level of um the Church of Heavenly Rest, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, uh, which is like, I don't know if you've ever been I there. I have not been. I'd never even heard of it until I looked it up and it's on the Upper East Side, right? Yeah. So it's like right on the next corner from um, the Cooper Hewitt Museum. Mm -hmm. So right there, uh, right across from the park. Um, yeah. It's this really great uh, group show. A lot of really strong, fabulous artists. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and what, what work do you have? up in it right now um so i just i have like a cardboard relief piece in that show okay yeah just just one nice. um yeah and i think this shows up through uh, uh, october 23rd maybe yes that's what um, i wrote down yeah. <laughs> october 23rd <laughs> um but yeah yeah it's a it's really it's a great show so um if you happen to be headed to church or just in the <laughs> neighborhood <laughs> Yeah, that's a, how, so. How that that's an interesting idea of a, a, a gallery in a in a church. Yeah, so I mean, it's or underneath the church. Yeah, yeah, like they they kind of have like this um, sort of like offices, like a kind of like reception area, like these different little uh, rooms down there. Um, 
Yeah, and so they just they kind of utilize. I think the the church has like a a curator, um, you know, who puts on different shows quite regularly. Um, but the the curator of this particular show, um, Michael Lee, um, so he uh, he runs the artist lecture series. Um, and so basically the, the artists in this show um, were all people who have presented um, in that lecture series and are also kind of working in abstraction. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so that's kind of how the, the group came together. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah. Are there any other upcoming shows you want to talk about or what's what's coming down um, the, the line for you? Yeah, nothing um, concrete on the horizon. I'm waiting to hear back from a few possible um, things coming up, but yeah. Right now, just cranking away in the studio and kind of waiting to see. Well, yeah, it sounds like, uh, you know, the work is never going to end for you, basically, which is good. I don't think so, yeah. <laughs> so always going to be more cardboard, always oh, going to yeah. be more material <laughs> speaking to you. You're like a like a cardboard whisperer. Almost, yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's like, you know, this, this poor discarded cardboard. Is, yeah. you know, it's, most of it just goes to waste, but some of it gets turned into something, you know, of beauty. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you very much yeah. for for um, joining us and uh, talking with me. And uh, thanks to everyone out there for listening. And uh, as I'd mentioned, there's going to be an accompanying page on the Interlocutor Magazine website for this interview that'll be featuring images that we've uh, talked about uh, in this interview. Um, and again, if you're interested in supporting Inter Interlocutor's commitment to high-quality arts and culture coverage, please visit our Patreon page. It's uh, linked on the site, or you can go directly to patreon.com slash interlocutor underscore magazine. Um, and thanks again for listening, and I'll be back soon with another Interlocutor interview episode. And look for updates on our website and also Instagram. It's at interlocutor.interviews. So thanks once again, Ryan. Yeah, no, thank you. It's been great. <laughs> okay.